three, two, one. Hey, everybody, welcome back to System and Soul. Chris and Benj coming at you. And, uh, you know, we're excited today. So this is going to sound kind of funny, right? But our guest today is an engineer. Ooh, and everybody starts thinking, okay, engineer, this is going to be a fun conversation, right? But I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you, it's going to be a good one, folks. Um, we've got Jude Hamola with us. He is the founding partner of Windsor Engineers, and he has created some really cool culture. Yes, that's right. I said engineers with a cool culture. So we're going to dive deep. Hey, Jude, welcome to System of Soul, brother. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Jude, I'm going to start with, with like, I people have heard me talk, people that know me, in the corporate setting have heard me talk for a decade, maybe longer about this idea of engineering culture. So here we are with the engineer <laughs> about culture. So tell me how, do you think that, that those played a role in what you have today, your engineering mind with an intentional culture? Yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, um, it's, it's pretty much um, it's pretty much been just a yin, a yin and a yang. So when when I'm looking at stuff, my brain is um, this or that, and it's and it's pretty um, pretty black and white. And I think engineering wise, like you said, it's the checklist of things. And so um, one of the things I did when we started was what makes a bad company. And so I went through this big old list of bad, bad company stuff, right? And I, th I thought to myself, well, if I don't do that, I should have a good company, right? And so, I mean, I went, I spent a lot of time, I think I had probably a hundred items on that list. Um, everything from uh, your, your boss doesn't listen to you to, um, you know, you there's uh, something in the workplace that's causing you to, um, just everything that goes into like, it's just a bad toxic environment. Yeah. And I said, well, if, if we can get away from that, do we have a good company? That was kind of the question. So, um, I think it totally plays into that. Did so is you... that hypothesis true? Did... Yeah. Or was there more? So far, so far. <laughs> I mean, I, we jump back to that. And so, you know, the core, core value, um, you know, we, we run, um, basically with our core values as our foundation, that's, that's everything that our company is based on. And so we hire and, um, you know, we review people based on core values. And I think that being not the typical engineer, you know, I think we have a different mindset that with the right attitude, anything's possible. And a lot of times, um, engineers are here to solve problems, but they, they add problems a lot of the time. And so we like to say that we're business as unusual because um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a different, we're not putting up roadblocks. We're here to solve problems. And when people, when people come to us with the, with the problem, um, when you have the right attitude, it's just like, yeah, we could do that. And that's part of our culture for sure um, is having that right attitude. What are some other ways that, your culture looks really unique compared to, you know, the company. Well, 
So um, engineering companies in general tend to have a little higher ego. Um, and so, you know, we've gone through school. Um, you want to have this protection of, of your, uh, you know, you're, you're smart. Um, and maybe you're not that smart, but you want to want people to think you're smart. <laughs> and I, I think that a lot of engineering companies, um, they tend to have people with a little higher egos and that's not a bad thing. We all, we all have egos. Um, but what we try to do is, is leave it at the door. When we, when we walk in the door, we leave it at the door. And, and by doing that, we have these really open, frank conversations that I, I didn't have at other engineering firms along the way. And I'm, I'm not saying there's anything bad about the way, you know, I passed, but I just didn't have that. It wasn't this level of communication that where you get down deep into the soul of, of the company and how it, how it works. And when you have somebody um, basically telling you that, Hey, we're going down this path and you're like, well, wait a minute, this is my company. You can't tell me you're like, that's not. And then, and then you realize, wait a minute, I got to put my ego aside here. Um, and I think that makes us, very different. And so part of, part of our, our BHAG is, um, you know, that, that goal of us in 10 years is different. I would say than most engineering firms, it's 98% employee satisfaction with no bad turnover. That's our, that's our 10 year, 10 year target. And hopefully the next 10 years and hopefully the next 10 years. So it's all about employees. Um, so I would say that makes us quite different. Most of the time it's, oh yeah, we're going to do the first, um, you know, thousand foot skyscraper, or, um, we're going to make this much revenue or something like that. And, and I think, no, if we focus on the employees, we'll get there. Hey, podcast listeners, Chris White here. I want to challenge you with something today. Now this might sting a little bit. You ready? All right, here it is. Are you limiting your capacity as a leader? We know you're experienced in the world of business, entrepreneurship, and leadership development. We know you're smart, intentional, business-savvy folks, but are you playing too small? One of the greatest steps you can take after years of leading a company or organization is to become a coach for other businesses. I've been a business coach for over 20 years after a 20-year corporate career, and I'm here to tell you I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It is the most rewarding and gratifying thing that I have ever done in my career. And this is also why Benj Miller and I created System and Soul. We're training coaches right now to help small businesses everywhere experience breakthrough in both the system and the soul side of their business. If you're ready to expand your capacity and create impact like never before, then let's go. Get on my calendar, let's book a call, and I'm happy to introduce you to System and Soul. For more information, visit systemandsoul.com forward slash coach and set up your phone call today. I, I've worked with engineering firms as well. And you know, I, I'm thinking of, of, of this one particular client, they're electrical engineers. Um, and there were four partners. Sure. And... You know, we were, and, and they, 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 I mean, I think when I started with them, they might've been 20 people and scaled to 400. And we spent a lot of time on the front end. Like once they nail the, the values 
um, and really nail, uh, we teach organizational habits to support that. And the question was in the interviewing process, we're interviewing engineers, right? <laughs> and so how do we get that, that person who thinks in this very high level, logical way, very systematic about problem solvers, hundred percent, how do we get the other side of their brain to understand the core values and to understand the organizational habits? And, and I'm not talking the, you know, wooey stuff here, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're, you know, look, the engineers are just wired a particular way. And, yeah. and so I'm curious, like when you are on the front end of your hiring process, you, you know, you've got this great culture, but you're bringing another engineer in. I think it's kind of funny. So we, we basically do, uh, before we hire somebody, we run through Colby and we run through a couple other um, things and try to get to know them a little bit. And it's like 90% of our people have had the same, same course, <laughs> you know, it's like, duh, uh, we're engineers, you know, super high fact finder, super high follow through. And, and it's just, it's been that way since, uh, since we started and everybody that's yeah. come on board. Um, and so it's definitely been a challenge, I would say to, um, to get that to cascade through the company. Right. And so, especially when you, you grow quickly, um, you've got people coming on board and they're like, uh, you, you're saying all these things, but, um, you know, I just came out of this really toxic <laughs> environment and I don't yeah. know if I believe you quite yet. You know, like that's yeah. literally, it's been a problem. And, you know, there's, it's sometimes it's time takes time and, and earning that trust. Yeah. Um, but just keep, keep pounding. So I, what I've done is um, every person that, that starts, I, before we, they even come on board, I walk through what I call the vision guide. And I, so I, this is something I built and it's got sort of this promise about culture and basically, you know, everything from we're going to make engineering fun. And again, it's kind of that structured um, thing that the engineering mind can can think about, I guess. And I'm not yeah. telling them that they're going to remember all those things because they're probably not going to. They're going to be crunching numbers. But if I keep talking about this and I keep promising um, and then what we're transitioning to is an ambassador in each office. So it's an ambassador of that vision guide. And, you know, maybe we find somebody with a little, little different Colby and it's like, boom, you're the ambassador. <laughs> um, and and I, I think that that's important for me because as we grow and get bigger as protector of the culture, yeah. I, need, I need to always have that in front of people. And then when you do build that trust, I think it becomes stronger with engineers. I think they're, they're more bought in and it, it's part of who they are at that point because their mind is about, Hey, this is a mathematical thing. I'm going to trust hundred percent in this math. If you don't prove it, you know, it's theory. Um, and so it's, it's science versus math. And so we have to prove it. And over time you prove it and now it's math. It's, it's an equation, right? Yeah, right. Well, that, that's funny because that's how when, when Benj and I, you know, when we work with our, our system and soul clients, we have this little culture builder 
tool that we use. And, you know, I think like it was the start of Benja's question. I don't think entrepreneurs realize that you actually can design and engineer the culture that you want and, and and you don't have to be an engineer to do that right, <laughs> right? yeah and it's it's really it's really just putting that flag in the ground and saying you know this is our culture right like so for benjanite system and soul it's fun fearless and flexible yeah. and that is like that's our flag is staked on that culture and we have our core values but what we add is organizational habits because it's because like what you were just saying, we believe designing a culture is a simple mathematical equation, but you do the answer first. Interesting. Yeah. Then you come to the front of the equation and say, okay, you know, who are we? What, what are our principles? What are our values? And then you add organizational habits. Those are the physical representations of the culture. And that's the piece that I think a lot of people are missing, but people are missing. But when you add your values with your organizational habits, the outcome will be what you're describing, that culture that you're looking for. An engineer will absolutely love that. It's a mathematical thing, <laughs> but it makes it easy for everybody. I think that's, you know, what you described is reverse engineering, right? And so um, basically, I, I've uh, likened our business sometimes to a car um, and we want to have great tires. We want it to be safe. You know, that's that culture. We want to have the, the safety features that are going to keep people. Um, but now reverse engineer that car and start taking it apart and all the parts and pieces. And you're starting to realize that, Hey, this, this goes here, this goes there and, and sort of what you're describing. So as going back to your question, I was just thinking about that. How do you get an engineer to, to, well, talk about a motor, talk about all the parts and pieces that go into this thing and, um, you know, relate it to something else that they, they have a passion in. Yeah. Right. I mean, relevance is huge. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, uh, and that's another thing. So we have like this promise, uh, protection of the culture promise. And one of the things that, you know, other engineering firms have is sort of this, these partners or C-suite um, and they're, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the hierarchy. I'm just right. saying that you get like higher and higher on the ego, back to the ego thing. Right. And they, they want to protect their intellectual value. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really what, and so anybody coming up that's maybe got a little different, it's tough. Um, and so we've done like this, no HQ mentality, so we don't want a headquarters. Um, and I think that's kind of interesting that, you know, we, we don't want there to be satellite offices. Like, come on, you're the satellite. Do you feel, you feel great that you're a satellite office? <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to matter. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Nobody wants to be the satellite office. And so um, that was something that I always kind of bugged me. Like you get this, you got this big ship, you know, this is the, this is the company. And, but you guys are over here, your little satellite office. It's like, well, wait a minute. Um, do we, do we matter? That's not very welcoming, is it? Right. No, it's not. Dude, you mentioned maintaining culture as you grow. One of the ways that we originally all connected was you posted something on LinkedIn about spherical growth. 
Yes. We like, you know, when, when you see something that kind of curious, you got to dig in. So tell us what spherical growth is. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think, I don't know if anybody's talked about this or coined this, but it's something that just kind of, whoa, this, this is, this is interesting. Came to me one day that all the parts of your business need to need to be growing at sort of the same pace. And it's extremely hard to do it. And um, so a lot of people, you know, maybe you, you grow in people and then your, your cash gets low or you grow in, um, you know, your, your finances is, is not keeping up with ops or your marketing isn't keeping up with this. Um, and that's, that's sort of the business side of it. But we, what we've done is we've added that culture perspective too. And so this growth, this spherical growth, um, we don't want a football. We want this thing growing at the same, same rate. And it's, it's hard because if you, if you change any of those, um, then what suffers is the culture we've found out, right? So if any of those other ones are lagging behind, actually it, it's also the culture suffers. And so you get this really lopsided thing suddenly, and then you have problems because it's hard to get out of that. And so that's sort of what we've, we've tried to do is as soon as we, we've got to a point where we're, um, you know, doing well on HR, the orientation, it's like, shoot, we kind of been focused on HR for a while. <laughs> you know, maybe we ought to focus on this or this or that. And, and I think that given the nature of engineering firms um, and the follow through, it, you know, it's really easy for us just to get super like dialed in this, this thing before moving on. And so I, I've tried to put this filter on it that no, 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 we need to we need to grow spherically. It's okay to be a little bit uh, behind over here, a little bit behind over there, as long as we're all sort of at that same level, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit. You even go as far as to say, and maybe this is unrelated, but that we should get rid of revenue goals. <laughs> Convince yeah, it's been, it's been something that, you know, just has really bugged me um, because we get so wrapped around those numbers that, it, it's just, it, it just grinds my gears because we totally forget about other parts of the business because we're so focused on meeting that revenue goal. And, you know, it's, you, so you sit in this meeting, it's a leadership meeting, you're talking about like, how are we going to do this? We're going to go here. And it's like, hello, culture. Uh, you know, I, I'm over here, um, <laughs> you know? And so it kind of, it kind of, it, it bugs me when, we have such a focus on that, that we forget about the, the people who are going to help us get there. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's an important thing that we should, should really focus on is making it a place where, um, and we've heard it before, if you invest in your employees, you know, they're going to take care of your clients. Um, but actually doing that, that's proof in the pudding. Right. Um, and, when you're always there raising your hand, culture, culture, culture. Um, and that's that spherical growth. You don't let that get away from you. That's good. That helps bring it, bring it back together. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I'm just picking on stuff that I've, I've seen you put out there, but not a bad job. So that's sort of what I alluded to at the beginning. It's, it's, uh, if you, if you think about all of the things that are not great at work, um, 
whether it's, you know, your boss doesn't value you or, um, you know, on and on and on down the line, maybe it could be, um, it could be legal issues. I mean, it could be like some real bad stuff going on, or it could just be something that, that just irritates you from day to day. And you never, never have that satisfaction in your job. If you, if you do the opposite of that, do you have a, do you have a good job or a good, a good business or, um, so kind of going back to what, what I said in the beginning, it's, it's, if you do everything that's not bad, you have something that's good. Yeah. I can relate to that. I started my first company and the thing that gave me confidence is coming out of a bad job with a bad boss. I'm like, well, I know I can not be that guy. (laughs) (laughs) People work for him still. So I, I can, you know, recruit some people that would be much happier working for me. So that gave me confidence. Yeah. How do you, last question as we wrap up here, how do you continue like what is is it just um are you the flag carrier for the culture of the organization that you just that is always top of mind for you or uh, like do you just have to own that and keep being the guy in the corner that says hello culture hello culture or is it is it a cultural thing that we now prioritize culture what does that look like for you and your organization like how do you make sure it stays at the top because we all get the tyranny yeah. of the urgent is a, a battle of priorities in every business. Yeah. Yeah. So I firmly believe that none of us create culture, right? It's, it's a, it's a combination of um, a lot of things within your business and we can, as like leaders, we can help um, cascade that or, or, you know, raise the flag, but ultimately the culture isn't, necessarily something that one person thinks of like we want this culture it's it's what comes from the group and um you you assemble a group of people and and you kind of put them on this mission and and pretty soon there's this camaraderie and and you you have a a, you know team and you start to define certain little quirks and and uniques about your business and all of a sudden it's like whoa we got we got something going here it's culture it's unique Um, so I guess to answer your question, I am always going back and saying like, hey, this is who we are. This is who we are. And if we're going to maintain this, then we should think about it. And so, you know, I, ha- I think just reminding people like this is what we've created as part of our culture. Um, we're, we're entrepreneurial. Like we like to look at different ways of doing stuff. Um, we're, we're a company where the leadership team uh, works for you, not the other way around. Like the, the people don't, don't work for the leadership team. Um, you know, I think it's an environment that encourages like this, uh, feedback and, and, um, questioning status quo, right. That that's a, that's a huge piece. Um, and that's that, that ego thing. And I talked about the no HQ mentality, um, and so like, this is my, my promise to everybody, like we will focus on these things. And then when you add the ambassadors for each office that are also focusing on those things, I think it's yeah. been, it's been really, it's been really great to get a phone call and say, Hey, something's going on down here. Like we, it just doesn't feel right. And when you, if you were to ignore that, cause you were busy that day, or you just don't have, you're, you're so far into a project that, um, or just whatever it is, it, it starts to build and build and build. And pretty soon you're a place where you never thought you'd be. And so I get that call 
And it's like, no, we got to figure this thing out. And what, why, why is it being, why is it that way? Um, was it somebody, was it something I said, something that leadership did, were we not transparent enough and squash those little talks and discussions that are happening. Um, and I think that's, that's the key is, uh, clarity, right? I loved your comment about eating, eating ambiguity and, and, and pooping clarity. Like, I think, I think that is so awesome. And that's the, that leadership team has to do that. Um, and so I think people coming on board, um, another way to filter that out is just describing that culture, naming it. Um, and I, I've always said, if you can't, if you can't name it, you can't tame it. And so, you know, we went through this exercise where we had everybody in the company just come up with a name and a mascot for, for our culture. Um, and what I thought was really encouraging is that most of them were pretty close to the same, maybe a little different mascot, but the wording was, was a lot the same. And so we called it, we ended up calling it the Windsor way, which it didn't end up being the, the, uh, you know, some of some of them were like the black swan or like some of the, you know, different things, but, um, you know, the Windsor way is what's stuck. And, and that's, that's because we are unique in itself. We don't need a, some, a mascot to, to prove that it's, it's the Windsor way. So. Yeah. Just says it. Jesus it says wrap it. today as people maybe struggling with culture, thinking about culture, culture drifts, if we don't keep our attention to it. Give us one piece of wisdom or advice. Uh, bring words to life. You have to live it. You have to walk it. Um, there's a lot of talk out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, posing. Um, there's a lot of things that we, we're doing from day to day that you know aren't necessarily um, true or getting down to the um, the real root of things. And so when you bring those words to life that everybody's talking about um, and there's so many buzzwords out there. Have you noticed like there, yeah. there are so many buzzwords today and you see it all over the place and you got like, there's so many podcasts and they're all talking about this and all talking about that. It doesn't mean a thing unless you bring it to life. And so that's, that's, that's my advice. Um, when, when you walk the walk that it, it's going back to the basics. Like we, we learned that as growing up, right? Um, you got to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk. Yeah. It's about action, right? You, you learn this now go put it into action. Right. Yeah. And then just, just the other thing is um, be content. So we get so caught up in um, you know what I think FOMO FOMO is, is definitely a real thing, right? That's sure. that, especially when we're, um, just in these times, it's, there's, it's times of prosperity. We haven't had a, a, a real, besides the, the pandemic and all everything that's gone on with that, as far as work, work stuff, um, you know, I think it's, it's been pretty good for us, you know? Um, and I guess being, being content, it's like when you chase money, you'll never be rich enough. But if you chase just doing some hard work, you're going to be satisfied. And I don't know. I think that's such an important part of what we do is being content and fearing that, you know, it's not, it's not that you're going to, um, 
miss out, it's like, if you're not content, you're going to miss out. Yeah. Right. If you're not enjoying the moment, you're not going to build those memories. If you're over there trying to pose and take the picture of the thing, it's like, wait a minute. No, just live it. Be there. Have fun. Right. right. Um, and, and, and stop worrying about some of the things that, um, you know, you, you may want to post over here or over here, let it be natural and, um, live it. So that's yeah. my other advice. Yeah. All right. And so, uh, if you want to learn more about Jude or Windsor engineers, windsorengineers.com, we'll put it all in the show notes. I'm also going to drop in there an editable PDF of the system and soul F2 roadmap, which has that culture builder math equation on there. You can start to fill that out, get a little more clarity and control for your business. And we'll see you next week.